Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to our Mormon marriages prep class. I didn't mean to say Mormon <laughs> there. I just meant to say marriage prep class. <laughs> You're great. Happy Mother's Day as well. Can I tell everybody what happened last night in the shower? No. Okay. We cleaned out our shower drain yesterday and it was really gross. Was so, I don't know why he needs to tell everyone. The showers, it's just a marriage. <laughs> it's the reality of what our life is like. I have a lot of hair. And I'm a hairy dude. That anyway, hair goes down the drain. I was looking I in shower. the drain and I'm like, there seems to be like, there's there's some stuff going on down there. And every so often I pull some just hair out of the shower. But last night I was like, I'm just going to pull off the little drain cap and see what happens. And I pulled it off and it was like I pulled just a squirrel out of the drain it looked like a and i was like snail. oh my gosh and look at that and she looked at it and goes oh gross and then she smelled it and then goes oh. it was really bad. gross it was nasty it was... i don't know why he felt the need to share that with you all today. those are the adventures that we experience on our that's just what life is like and now it's better. And he was taking a shower today and was like, I can actually hear the water go down the drain. You just don't. It, it's those little things. They build up over time and you don't realize that it's a thing. Like, and then all of a sudden. We could make a metaphor out of this. Yeah, there's a total the metaphor. What's the blog post you're going to write about last this? Week, last week we talked about this, about like kind of cleaning things up and apologizing and making things better. And sometimes you just don't realize that it's stuff's really building up. It's really uncomfortable to clean it up. But once it's cleaned up, it feels mm. so much better. Mm. <laughs> Fresh and clean shower. Doesn't smell like <laughs> the shower doesn't smell. It was just when you pulled it out. It was gross. It was, um, thanks for coming to hang out with us today, everybody. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh oh, we're already getting comments. We can see all your comments live. So say hi. Why would you smell it? It was impossible not to smell it. It like filled the room. It just went. <laughs> I opened up all the windows. <laughs> it reminded me of, we went to a, a friend's house um, a couple of weeks ago and they had, they were like, come over and eat Mexican food with us. And I'm like, great. So we head over and right when we get there, they're like, our dog Milo ate the enchiladas that we were saving for you. And Milo had like enchilada sauce all over his beautiful, cute little furry face. And then um, we sat down and I'm like, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. We sat down and we started having a conversation with him. And Milo kind of like plops his head down on my lap. Like and he's right like, in front of him. He's all. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you hear a rumble and he goes. <laughs> and he burped right. In my own enchiladas. Why are we talking about Right this? in my face. And you had no, I had no choice but to smell it. It was just like there. <laughs> so that's what, that's what the smell last night reminded me of. Like this inescapable, like just in your face stinky stink jake happy mother's day to you too man yeah thank you happy this is Angela's first mother's day it is my first mother's day she has a baby growing on her belly i do should we start yeah let's do it all right today we're talking about something ridiculously important so 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 important and this is one of those things that i feel like we don't talk about in the church and it's a bit a problem that we have if i think if you understood this principle if i and we are I, preparing this lesson, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be better at this. Um, but it's a super valuable relationship skill that we just don't talk about very often. So one thing that we found when people, when we ask people what they feel like their main concerns are with their relationships without fail, the majority of the time they say communication. And then when they start to explain what the problem is, it's like, okay, so this isn't a communication problem. This is a boundaries problem. So we're finding more times than not when people are feeling like they're having issues with communications, it's because they haven't set good enough boundaries. 
And so that's what we're talking about today. So I feel like the boundaries. word boundaries is like kind of a little psychobabble term. It's a little bit of a psychology term. So let's define it. What's a boundary? Well, this is convenient. It's right on the screen. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> a boundary is a line or a limit you set with your partner to protect your marriage and prevent yourself from being exploited or manipulated, whether intentionally or by accident. So what does it feel like when uh, we, and we'll get into the warning signs that you need boundaries, but what are the biggest emotions that you feel like come to you when you have a boundary being violated? Um, resentment is a big one. Anger. Yep. Um, frustration. Okay. So if you're feeling, if you've ever felt in any relationship, resentment, anger, or frustration, it's probably because of a boundary issue. And you may not have even defined this boundary for yourself. And you're realizing in the moment, you're hey. realizing in the moment that you maybe need to set a boundary there because something that you value has not been protected in that moment. Yep. Boundaries are all about can take, well, we'll get into the metaphor in a minute, but, um, oh, we got another comment. Oh, it's a tag. Thanks for tagging your friend, Tanya. Okay, so this is an important point, and this is one of the reasons why we're talking about, boundary, about boundaries today. Dr. David Schnarch, who is a, a famous um, psychotherapist, says people who can't control themselves control the people around them. When you rely on someone for a positive reflective sense of self, you invariably try to control them. So boundaries are all about controlling what's yours to control and letting other people take responsibility to control what's theirs to control. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see as we go through this lesson that people who struggle with boundaries struggle um, taking responsibility or control for their own thoughts, their own words, their own uh, feelings, their own desires, and their own actions. They either want to make other people responsible for those things on their behalf, or they want to take responsibility for other people's um, thoughts, words, feelings, desires, and actions. Right. And so when you, when you can't control yourself, when you can't set your own boundaries, when you can't let other people know, like, Hey, I'm responsible for recharging my batteries. I'm responsible for keeping myself sane. I'm responsible for managing my time. I'm responsible for keeping my relationships healthy. And you make other people responsible for that. Then it requires you to go out and control those people in order for you to have peace of mind and for you to have happiness and for you to have self-esteem. And a lot of this is happening <clears throat> unconsciously it's not something you do on purpose or intentionally it's just something that is a byproduct of um not being aware of needing to set a boundary yep yep okay so should we talk <laughs> about signs that um we need boundaries yes okay you might need boundaries if <clears throat> do you want to read that one? Oh, sure your relationships tend to be difficult or dramatic so when you don't set clear boundaries, um, you're sending a signal to other people that you don't really know how to take care of yourself. And this attracts people that want to control you, who, who feel the need to control other people. So you just kind of attract these people into your life. And oh, we should have gone over the football example first. I'm sorry. Before we dive into this. OK, pause. I missed a thing in our blueprint. We'll come back to this in just a second. OK, pause. I want to give a, a literal example of boundaries before we talk about warning signs of boundaries. That's okay. my bad. I just threw Angela in a, a curveball here. Um, so a great example of good boundaries is the game of football. Now, you might not think about boundaries in sports when, like as a really good analogy, but I think this is a perfect analogy. So foot, 
a lot of people say like, oh, I have unconditional love for my partner. So like, we're going to make it through anything. And I'm just, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> your love of football and your ability to play, uh, how do I put this? Your love for a person can be unconditional and you can still have conditions on the relationship. I think it actually shows that you love more, more love when you have <clears throat> these conditions because you're setting them up for success right. to to show up in the relationship in a way that's going to bring you joy and peace of mind. Exactly. And it's the same with football. If if you play the game of football with no boundaries and no rules, then you you risk getting hurt, you risk getting injured. It's not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, like the game of football can be a lot of fun. Right. But the reason that they have like helmets and pads and out of bounds lines and referees is to protect the players and make sure that the players play the game the way that they've all agreed. Right. And the moment that somebody plays without a helmet or without pads or the moment that somebody hits another player who's out of bounds or the moment a referee stops making calling fouls is the moment when the game stops to be fun because people are at risk of being hurt. Um, people are in danger. It turns into more of a chaos or a brawl and it's no longer a game anymore. And it's not mm -hmm. even fun for the spectators to watch. Well, it might be fun for a few minutes, but if every game was just chaos, that would be no fun. Right. So part of the 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 beauty of a, a sport like football is the fact that there are challenges that make force people to use the players to use their creativity and teamwork to get over the hurdles and, and trials that they're bumping into. And your marriage should be no different. Like you can love football uh, and <clears throat> you can love football, but if you stop playing by the rules, the game of football stops being football. I don't know if this analogy is making sense, but the same plays in your in your relationship. You can love somebody, but if they refuse to play by the rules of your relationship that keep, keeps everybody safe and makes it fun, then you can still love them and not be in relationship with them. So I just want to be clear that loving somebody and being in a relationship with them are not the same thing. And that you can absolutely love unconditionally, but a relationship, in order for a relationship to function and thrive, it requires a certain set of like rules and negotiations. It requires you to keep each other safe. It requires you to, to follow those rules. And the moment you stop following those rules or the moment you see a flaw in the game, you need to create a rule around that thing to prevent you or the other person from getting hurt and to make it fun for you to participate in. Right. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Okay. I hope that analogy makes sense. And so that is why we're talking about this today, because I think a lot of people show up in, into marriage and they're like, well, we love each other and that's all that we need. But that's not true. You can love each other and that love will definitely give you fuel to keep moving forward. But in order for your relationship to be successful, you also have to have ground rules that are clearly communicated. And one of the problems I think a lot of people run into in their marriage is they have ground rules, but they don't communicate them. Yes. Like you might have boundaries and a lot of times you might have boundaries that you don't know about and then you don't communicate them and it causes just a whole, it's a mess of things. We'll talk about so that. We'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. So now let's jump back over to the signs that you, that you need um, boundaries. So you went over this one. So yeah, your relationships are difficult. They're dramatic because when you don't set clear boundaries, you attract <clears> those <throat> people who are notoriously going to just walk all over you. And so it turns into an emotionally, physically um, difficult relationship. So you, if you have a lot of drama in yeah. your relationships, this is a clear indicator that you probably need to set some boundaries. Yeah, this is definitely a pattern that I think instigates like emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm getting controlled, I'm getting controlled, I'm getting controlled, I'm getting controlled, and then I finally reach my limit, and then I snap, and I get angry or manipulative, and I try and control you back, 
and then you don't like it so you try and control me back and then it turns into this like power struggle yeah and it is not a good situation nope um okay next you find decision making to be a real challenge for you so without boundaries it is really easy to lose track of yourself or your own desires um, especially if you're if you're the type of person who likes to make other people happy and then when you're faced with a choice for yourself and you have to think like what do i want uh -huh. you're so used to making everybody else happy and putting everybody else's needs first and you just get the leftovers that you don't even have the capacity or you don't know yourself well enough to actually make a decision and know what decisions you want. Decisions as simple as where to eat for dinner. Or what to or, eat for dinner. Right. Going to like What movie to watch. Going to Cheesecake Factory for me is a nightmare. Looking at that like 30 page menu and going, <laughs> oh my gosh, what do I eat? Like it's just, a. It's, sometimes it's hard to make the decision. Yeah. Especially those times where I feel like I've been giving too much of myself. Um, and remember like these things could ebb and flow, but if you identify with them, we'd love to hear in the comments, like, Ooh, that's me. Mm -hmm. The other is you hate letting other people down. This is a big one for me. I think for a, it's a, a lot of people experience it. I think especially women. Right. Um, you, you want to make sure people are not let down so much that you will say yes, even when you really probably should say no. And you, you're afraid of what they'll think about you. You're afraid about what they'll say. And so you end up saying yes. Yeah. Like I said, so you're so afraid to let people down that you are spreading yourself way too thin. You're constantly saying yes. Yeah. And then people know that you're, you're the person that will say yes. So you're going to keep take getting people again, maybe not intentionally, but you're going to get taken advantage of. Yeah. In that I think another reason sometimes it's hard to say no is or, or you the reason that you might say yes to everything is because um, you haven't built up a tolerance for saying no. It's like it makes you so uncomfortable to say, to say no. no that you it's just easier to say yes. And then maybe even let people like quietly let people down. Especially, yeah, I'll be there. And then just like, Ugh. especially a romantic partner. Yeah, that's that's really hard to feel like you're letting them down. Can you relate to that? Yes. We just got a comment. I just want to make sure I don't miss anything here. Yes, we'll talk yes. about that. Um, Jessica was talking about a laundry analogy and we'll we'll go over that. Okay, another one is that you feel constant guilt or anxiety over small things like uh, eating the last cookie or um, if you bump into somebody uh, or maybe like you have to hang up the phone because you have an appointment. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you have to, or you're constantly apologizing. You don't for know stuff. how to end conversation. Huh? Does, that, does that go like you don't know how to leave a conversation? Yeah, like it just a lot of a lot of little things that if you find yourself apologizing for little things that most people don't apologize for, we worked on this at the very beginning of our relationship. Do you remember when I how we I said sorry? I said lot? sorry a lot. And yeah. so one thing that he tried to have me reframe is instead of saying, sorry, Say thank you. I said, thank you. So instead of saying, I'm so sorry, I'm late saying, thank you for waiting for me. Thanks I, for being patient. Thanks for being patient. I really appreciate that. But that's a whole nother topic in and mm -hmm. of itself. Um, next one is you're, you're tired for no apparent reason. When you're constantly putting other people's needs first, you deplete yourself. When you're not um, giving time for your own desires, your own feelings, your own interests, your own needs, recharging your own batteries you're going to feel constantly exhausted stressed burnt out resentful and you're maybe not even going to know why or what the source of that is yeah so um this one is one of my favorites you have sharing problems and i don't mean like 
sharing a bite of your French fries. I mean, sharing your emotions and problems or sharing about your life. So some people are oversharers and they might like meet somebody and they don't even know them very well. And they're already sharing like, this is what's going on in my family. And this is what happened when I was a kid. And like, you're sharing your problems and the most intimate details of your life with, with people who probably shouldn't be hearing that information. Mm -hmm. um, it should be more privileged and filtered information. So you might be an oversharer. And then there's a lot of people, and I think men more tend to more fall into this category, but there's obviously a lot of women who do as well, is they're undersharers. There are people who probably deserve and need to know what you're thinking and feeling and experiencing, and you shut that down and you don't share it because you don't want to bother them or you're ashamed of your emotions and feelings or you've never been taught how to share those. And that's a boundary issue too. Like a boundary should, boundaries are supposed to not only keep bad things out that you don't want in your life, but they're supposed to let the good things in. And when you're married, like you gotta know, you gotta be on the same page as each other. And you gotta like know what the other person is thinking and feeling sometimes, or a lot of the time, otherwise you lose touch with each other. If you remember back lesson number two that we did, where we talked about, I know you, I like you, and I have your back. Mm -hmm. If you can't share with your partner, what you're feeling and what you're experiencing in life, your, I know you pillar grows weak, and then you can't communicate and you can't connect. It's a big problem. So you might have sharing problems uh, if you have a boundary. A boundary problem could be that you have a sharing problem. Um, you're the victim a lot. That's that's a big one. Um, when when you get into this habit of not being able to say no to people, then you start to blame other people for demanding too much of you and depleting your energy and taking advantage of your kindness. Um, it becomes everybody else's fault that you can't say no. So when you when you when you feel like people are taking advantage of you, mm. there's probably a boundary that you need to set. I remember feeling this way when I was dating with a lot of girls. Like I would, I always had a job when I was in college. So I would be going to school full time and then I'd be working and then I'd be dating a girl. And a lot of the times um, we'd want to stay out late and like hang out and spend time together and kiss and talk and all that kind of stuff. And there were times where like, I really needed to spend time working on homework and the the more the more time I spent together with the girlfriend, the more resentful I became because I was getting less and less sleep. I was um, not giving myself enough time to take care of my responsibilities. And then because I couldn't say no, my instinct was to to blame the girl for having too high of expectations or making too many demands on me. And I would just freak out and be so upset and angry, and then I'd call off the relationship. But in hindsight, I look back, and nobody ever taught me to set boundaries. Nobody taught me it was okay to be like, hey. Maybe I gotta, we should go. I gotta go to bed at 10 30 tonight. <laughs> like we can go to dinner, but I need I need to do my homework tonight. And so I need to go home at eight so I can get my homework done and be in bed by 10 30 so I can get my eight hours of sleep because I am exhausted. And instead I always got hooked into, but I, I want to spend more time with you and that that kind of mentality. And it was messy. Um yeah. here's another one. You secretly feel other people don't show you respect. There's only a few more of these, by the way. Yeah. And honestly, I think that that speaks in and of itself that you you just feel like you're not being respected it goes back to the victim mentality of feeling mm. like people are taking advantage of you yep this one the next one's a big one you're feeling passive, you're passive aggressive. aggressive yeah i love this one so um this is like on the flip side that we've talked a lot about a little bit about not being able to say no this is people who um constantly say no and they sacrifice what they want 
for everybody else. They like fall on their sword a lot. So these are the innocent victims, you know, They'll, it'll be like, Hey, do you want to go? Where do you want to go tonight? And they'll be like, it doesn't matter. You choose what movie do you want to watch tonight? It doesn't matter. You choose where should we go on vacation this year? It doesn't matter. You choose. And really they have preferences. They have desires. They have things that they want to experience in life, but they're, they're so scared to speak up because they might feel selfish or entitled that they just always please everybody else. They fall on their sword and they make other people, they want other people to be happy before they are happy. Um, which can be an honorable thing, but not always. Like if you're always falling on your sword, that's negative. And what happens is when people are always saying no, when they really want to say yes to something or really they're falling on their sword, like I just said, they start to become passive aggressive so that they can retain control of their emotions. So they might be like, they might have in their mind, I want to eat Mexican food tonight. And their partner goes, I really want to have Chinese food. And they'll fall on their sword for like the 10th time in a row. And then they're sitting at the Chinese restaurant and they're pouting. And they're just like making jabs about, we always eat where you want to eat. And, you know, partner might be like, well, I, I asked you where you wanted to eat and you said you didn't care. Well, I do, you know, and mm -hmm. you can turn into this like really negative, passive aggressive person who tries to punish others because you haven't had the courage to speak up for what it is that you actually want. And these can all be really subtle things. It's not like we're kind of showing worst case scenario of all these things. A little bit of exaggerated. But I think there's a little bit of all these things in all of us uh -huh. when we when we really need to be setting these boundaries. The next one is you wonder who you really are. And this has a lot to do with where you tie your identity to. Um, this can happen a lot to mothers, unfortunately. Oh, this is so common with moms. Where their identity becomes being mom. And they you hear a lot of times of people sacrificing their dreams to become a mom and putting their kids needs before their own. And that, I mean, we're taught a lot kind of to do that in church and in primary and, and in young women's. And I don't know if that's necessarily doctrinal, but it's a little bit more cultural that there's a lot of things that are expected of mothers. And so when the kids are all grown up and they're out of the house, you you lose yourself. It's like, who am I? It's like, I, I have no idea who I am if I'm not a mom or, or the kids are gone for a weekend and it's like, what am I yeah. going to do with myself? So, um, or even let's, let's say me as a nurse, my whole identity is a nurse and I go to work and, I, and I'm a nurse. And so when I come home and have a week off, I have no idea what to do with myself kind of a thing. So when you identify as something specific and don't your roles your roles yeah so there's a difference between, between your role and your identity being a mother is a role right. being angeline is your identity right a mother and a wife and a nurse are all roles that angeline plays from time to time and a lot of people a lot of people let their identity get consumed by a role and then when the role ends like when when your kids move away or when the role ends, like you stop working at a certain, in a job position, um, you wake up one or morning. Or you get released from a calling. Or you get released from a calling. All of a uh -huh. sudden it's like, oh, who am I if I'm not the Relief Society president? Who am I if I'm not mom? Who am I if I'm not a nurse? Uh, it can cause a real identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you're wondering who you are, it might be because you have not created clear boundaries around your identity and you've given so much of yourself to your patients or to your children or to the women in your Relief Society or the men in your elders quorum or whatever that you have lost who you are completely. And right. that is not good. And then the last one we have 
um, is you have a secret fear that you'll be rejected or abandoned. So this fear that if you do say no, um, you're going to lose friends. Or if you do say no, you're going to lose out on a position or, or your partner's going to, or they're going to be less you. likely to ask you for help in the future or that your love is a conditional upon your part, you pleasing your partner, making right. them happy. Right. Yeah. And that's when you've kind of given control to other people of how you see yourself. So when you've let go of, um, being in control of your own identity and given that to somebody else. Yeah. So those are a lot of indicators in your life that maybe you need some boundaries. Who can, who could like relate to some of those? I know type, I can relate to Type them. me in the comments, especially if there's one specific one that hit you with that, that kind of was like, oh my gosh, I might need work on boundaries. Um, that's definitely a good type in the comments. Let us know. I like, there's another really great analogy that I like before we dive into like how to set boundaries. Um, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but if you think about boundaries as your property line, like if you own a home and you put up a fence, you put that fence around your property line and you're basically telling everybody in your neighborhood, this is what I'm responsible for. This is my domain. I'm, I'm in charge of like watering this lawn and weeding this garden and making sure that this house, I'm paying the bills here and that's, that's my job. And if somebody poops on your lawn, if somebody's dog comes by and poops on your lawn, like that's a violation of a boundary. Like this is my lawn. This, this is a constant argument in our neighborhood. And our, oh, our neighborhood goes <laughs> nuts about this because we live in a, a we live in townhomes, and so people's dog they take take their dogs for a walk, and a dog poops somewhere, and then they don't pick the owner doesn't pick it up, and people lose fly off mind. the handle. They lose their minds because, in a sense, it's a boundary violation. Like mm -hmm. if a dog's poop, somebody else's dog is pooping in your yard, it's like you don't have to deal with that. Right. That's not, not cool, you know. Um, and it gets frustrating. And on the flip side, like if your neighbor has their grass dying, um, this could be a really big problem. Like maybe it's lowering property values and maybe you're like, well, I'm going to take it upon myself to water my neighbor's lawn and I'll just give them a little pick me up. And then you water and it starts to get green and you keep watering it. Eventually you get to this point where like your water bill is getting high and it's taking up a lot your of your time grass starts and your to own gra yellow. grass might start to get a little bit old and yellowed. And then you start to hate your neighbor because you took responsibility for the quality of their grass. And so, um, this is kind of what we're talking about in an emotional way is this is what a boundary is, is your fence line. It's you want to have a fence that lets in your friends and family members when they come to visit, that lets the mailman come in and drop off packages and stuff like that. Um, you want your kids to be able to walk in and out freely. But at the same time, you want to keep robbers out and you want to keep the dog poop off your lawn. And you want to make sure that like um, if your neighbor has a tree and a branch falls in your yard, that they come clean it up and that you don't have to come clean it up. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so that's what boundaries are. We're going to talk a little bit, now that you understand the warning signs and the general concept of what a boundary is, we're going to get into kind of how to set boundaries. Um, but first, I want to just tell you what boundaries are not. Um, we've talked a little bit about what boundaries are, but let's talk about what they are not. Um, yes. So there is a myth or a belief by people who have never set boundaries before that boundaries, setting a boundary might actually make them unhappy. That saying no is gonna make them miss out on something or will destroy a relationship. And they're really scared to say, to set a clear boundary because it's gonna make them unhappy. FOMO. Yeah, and the truth is, is that boundaries are actually supposed to do the opposite. They're supposed to make you happy, but they are not necessarily supposed to make you comfortable especially at first. If you're not used to setting boundaries, they may not make you feel comfortable at first. And I love this quote by um, uh, Henry, Henry Cloud, Cloud, who wrote the book Boundaries with Don John Townsend. And he says, 
Um, things can hurt and not harm us. In fact, they can even be good for us. Sometimes the things that hurt are really good for us. And the things that feel good can be really harmful to us. So creating boundaries with like an overbearing mother-in-law can be really hard and really painful and really uncomfortable. Saying, hey, we love you, but it's not okay that you show up to our house unannounced. Like I, I've seen a lot of people yeah. who have struggled with that, with like a mother-in-law who just shows up unannounced, walks in the house, feels like she has free reign of the grandkids and can do whatever she wants. And, um, and maybe that really bothers you. And you just think, oh, I just have to eat this. And it's draining your energy. It's like, it's sucking you dry. Like think about that, that fence that we talked about earlier. The whole purpose of the fence is to protect your property, protect the things that are important to your, you, your family, your possessions, and your boundaries are supposed to do the same thing. They're supposed to protect what's important to you. So the things that are most important to you are probably your relationships, mm -hmm. your time, your energy, um, the your money you know and if if there's things that are happening in your life that are causing stress on your marriage if there are things that are happening in your life that are eating away at at your ability to spend time doing the things that you really that are most important to you if um if you're feeling exhausted because uh because mother-in-law is showing up or because you have a, a demands and that are being made from you in a calling that's just like Maybe the bishop doesn't understand the context of your life. Man, those are opportunities to set boundaries to protect the things that are most important to you. And again, I think a lot of people either avoid this or don't realize they're avoiding it because it can feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes we make that mistake of, well, this doesn't feel good, so it must not be good. And it's important to distinguish between something that's uncomfortable in the moment that will help you to be more comfortable Beautifully said. in the future. Is there a, a time that you said no to something um, that made you feel uncomfortable having that conversation? Um, I'm reminded of a time in my job. It was right when we got married and I was working full time. And oh, I yeah, just, this is a great story. I just started going back to school full time. I was going back to get my bachelor's degree and working full time, school full time, trying to adjust to being a new newly married woman. Um, moving into a new house. And we had just had our wedding followed two weeks later by my sister's wedding, followed two weeks later by my grandma's funeral. Right. So like all these things were happening. Our first two months of marriage were very stressful with all those things happening all at once. And me, one of the, one of the warning indicators that we talked about that I most struggle with is people pleasing. I have a really hard time feeling like I'm going to let somebody down. And at work, I, my identity was the one that people could count on. I was always there. Um, they could count on me to be there. And so I started um, having a really difficult time at work. I think my time management skills started suffering. I started having all areas though. I started having panic attacks at home before we'd go to bed. I would have panic attacks and I had had them before, but one one every four or five years and now after we got married i was having a panic attack like once every couple of weeks and i finally remember being in the break room and one of my nurse friends came in and asked me hi how are you doing and i just burst into tears and because i was at my limit i was at my limit i i my cup was empty i had nothing to give and so I realized in that moment that I needed to go talk to my boss and cut my hours. And that was really, really hard for me because my boss's daughter had just been diagnosed with cancer. 
and I knew that she was really stressed and the thought of needing to replace a nurse or whatever was weighing heavily on my mind. So that was a really difficult conversation to have. But I think once I had the conversation and my boss was super understanding about it, I was worried really for no reason. But once I dropped down to part-time at work, it was amazing how like everything just fell into place. It was just, I, I was sleeping better. I was showing up at work more happy. I was getting my schoolwork done easier. So a really uncomfortable conversation that I was avoiding because it was giving me a lot of anxiety. Once I had the conversation, it was so much better. Great story. So yeah, that was a boundary I had to Uncomfortable set. conversation to have. Once I had to you say had no it, to something. Yeah. It made you feel real good. Yep. That's great. Yep. Um, another thing that is really important to know is boundaries are not set in stone. You can change your boundaries at any time. Right. Anytime. You know, some people think, oh, if I go down to two, if I go down to two shifts a week instead of three, I can never go back. You know, right. if I, if I tell my partner, I'm not like, I, I'm not available for, I don't know. I can't stay up past 1030. I need to get to bed so I can have early, get up early and work out. And that's just my routine right now. That doesn't mean that like three months down the road, you can't be like, okay, morning routine is a little bit more flexible. Now I can go to bed at 1130 instead of mm -hmm. 1030. You can change your boundaries at any point. Can I have the arm, my arm? Yeah. I like to lean into me. <laughs> You can put your arm down, Gradually. just put it on your armrest, not my armrest. Okay. That's a boundary I'd like to set with you. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this one? Sure. So, well, actually, I think you should talk more about this one. Okay. So your boundaries are not based on your morals. They're based on your values. So I like to think of morals a little bit of more around like what's right and what's wrong. Um, those are more like like commandments are 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 morals more right, based. more yeah. morals based, you know, um, but your value, your, your boundaries should be to, there to protect your values. And how do you know what's most valuable to you? You look at how you spend the majority of your time and the majority of your money and the majority of your thought, like your, what are you thinking about? And um, the, the majority of your energy, what is that going to, to, or what do you, what do you wish it was going to? If it could be your family, that could be some something that's really valuable to you. It could be your church call, your church or your church calling could be really valuable to you. Um, it could be like being able to pay the bills and make ends meet. That could be really valuable to you. It could be having opportunities to connect with friends. It could be taking care of your physical body. Um, there's all sorts of things that can be very important to you. And your boundaries are the agreements with that you make with other people that establish like, hey, it is not okay. Like it's not okay if I go two weeks and, and don't work out. My body's important to me. It's important. To, I'm my best self when I'm exercising regularly. And if we are living in a, such a situation that I don't have time to like get out at least for 30 minutes a day and move my body, I'm not going to be able to show up as my best. So I got to create a space or a routine or time um, and protect that aspect of my life. Excuse me. I just had a burp <laughs> creak out, creep out. So um, if you need help identifying your val values, reach out to me. I have a, like an exercise that you can go through that will help you identify your values and create like a really cool mission statement for you and your family. Um, but your, your boundaries should not be about 
Um, what what's good and what's bad obeying what's right and what's wrong yeah it's just what's important to you it's what's important that's to what you. it boils down to what is important to you and that it's going to be different for everybody and those things can fit inside your morals but your values are oftentimes supersede your morals like you might you might um value your church calling but you value your time with your kids better and if your church calling conflicts with your time with kids then you might say hey I actually value kids, my kids more than my church calling. And so I need to say no to this calling for now. Can you help me find a different one that might fit better into my life so that I can make sure to take advantage of this time that I have with my kids that's finite. And sometimes your values are going to be different from your from your romantic partner's values. Sometimes um, maybe I really value sleep and Nate just wants to stay up super late and create and write and do all this content and so it just your values don't have to be the same in order to be compatible mm -hmm. you just need to set boundaries cool so let's talk about how to set boundaries step number one what do you see here well you just need to figure out what it is that's most important to you first and a lot and like nate said he has an exercise you can do that can help you really map it out and figure out what is important to you and then he also said something that's really important. What are you spending most of your money on? What are you spending most of your time doing? What brings you joy? Things like that, that you are dedicating a lot of your time and energy to are usually what is most important to you. Yep. So define it because if you don't define it, then you don't know that you need to protect it. So defining it is the, the first thing that you need to do. Yep. Clarity is power. Right. And if you can get clarity around what's important to you and then in, in what areas of life you're not living in alignment with what's important to you. Like you might feel like a failure as a father because you're spending so much time at work and you might feel guilty and ashamed and it might be causing conflict in your marriage because you're finding a need to like defend yourself to your spouse or even like justify your actions to yourself or maybe like you just feel guilty and it can just totally damage your relationship. And if you trace it all the way back, what it really is, is that you value your family, but you're acting contrary. You're spending too much time and energy focused on something that's not the thing that's most important. And to that you. moves right into the next point is paying attention to your emotions. So if you're experiencing negative emotions like resentment or anger or guilt, mm -hmm. like Nate was talking about, usually that's an indicator that there needs to be a boundary set somewhere. So I think an example in our marriage was we've talked about this before in this, in these classes of how much Nate values punctuality and being on time. And that's something I struggle with. And so early on in our marriage, I think Nate was finding a lot of resentment. We were getting in a lot of arguments he was really angry with me all the time. I'd get in the car and we'd leave and he would just not talk to me the whole car ride. And Silent treatment. So fuming. this was an emotion that he was experiencing. And then after several months of this, he came to me and said, all right, honey, I need to set a boundary here. Those weren't his words because we didn't have that vocabulary yet. But he just said, you know, being on time is really important to me. And I love you too much to keep having all these arguments and all this resentment built up over whether or not you're going to be on time. And so my boundary is, is I'm going to be leaving at this specific time. For like church. One right. of the things that was driving me nuts is we were always late to church. 
And it didn't matter what time Angeline woke up. We still left like five minutes after we should have. And, you know, we'd have, I started to get really judgmental of Angeline. Cause I'm like, there are families here with like five kids and they can get their kids up, get them fed, fed, get them clothed and get them to church before you can just put clothes on and get out the door. Like this is nuts. And I had a lot of judgment and anger about it. And finally, yeah, we got to this point and I was like, okay, Ange, church starts at 1030. I will be leaving for church at 1020, 10 minutes early. And if you're, I would love for you to come with me. And if you aren't ready, it's nothing personal. I just would like to be there at that time and I'll save you a seat and you can come sit next to me when you're there. And there were several times where I went to church without you. Uh And how did you feel about that? Initially, I was upset. And I think that this might happen when you start setting boundaries with your partner. It's a little painful. You might notice that it's uncomfortable for them. It was exposing in me something that I was uncomfortable in myself. I was uncomfortable with the fact that I was always late and feeling guilty over making Nate late. And so when he would leave me, I would get really upset. But and after a there few were a couple times, times where you tried to manipulate me into staying too. It's like, I'm almost ready. Don't leave. <laughs> Don't leave. I just need to put on my shoes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like it's, it's 1020. Like. And so he, and so he would leave. And there were lots of times where we would drive separate to church. And after a little while of him doing that, I realized, okay, this is really important to Nate. This has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Nate just wanting to be on time. And I took him more seriously. And I was more consistent at being on time so that we could live together. Because but when one you of my went, values, it wasn't as big a deal anymore. One of my values was going together. I valued being able to drive in the car together and have that time together. And so because that was something I valued and I realized he was serious about the boundary that he set, I made more of an effort to be on time. Yep. So, so this is, we kind of already talked about this, but communicate your boundaries clearly unfair. It is manipulative of you to have a boundary and then hold your partner accountable to that boundary without communicating to them or anybody else, even if it's not your partner. Like you're, you should have boundaries between you and your partner, but you should always have, you should also have boundaries between your marriage and your children or your marriage and other people outside who are like family members or friends. You should have boundaries between your family and the rest of the world. Like there are, there are a lot of agreements that you need to make. This is not just between the two of you, um, but it's important to communicate those. It's important to let people yeah. know this is how it is okay to treat me. And this is how it is not okay to treat me. One of, I love this example. We interviewed, was it Marilee Boyack? Mm-hmm. We interviewed Marilee oh, Boyack on our boundary. podcast. And just, he, he mentioned a boundary between marriage and children. And she told her kids, okay, at 9.15, mom becomes wife. And you're more than welcome to hang around if you'd like. But you're going to see mom being affectionate with dad. Mom is going to be wife. And so you don't have to go to bed. You don't want to see me as a wife. You can, you can go in your room. You can play video games, whatever you want to do. But at 9.15, I am wife. And she set that boundary with her kids. She communicated it clearly. And they knew, okay, if we don't want to see mom smooching on dad, then we're going to go to our bedrooms and not worry about this. So that was that's an example of a boundary. Yeah. You know, and communicating it clearly because otherwise – um, you're not really setting 
up the third party for success. Yep. If I have a boundary, like if Nate just started leaving me when he would go to church, now that's going to cause more problems. But the fact that he communicated to me clearly what he was doing and why he was doing it, it turned into a good thing for our marriage. Yep. What What is it that we, what do you call it when you make an agreement in your head that you don't communicate? A covert contract. A covert contract. And it's really setting up your partner for failure. Yeah. So make the, sure you're communicating them clearly. The best boundary setting word is the word no. Um, and it is really hard for me. I don't know if you feel this way. It's hard for me to say no without explaining myself to somebody. So if you need practice, if you need help saying no, um, I would highly recommend this, this exercise. Sit down with somebody that you love and trust and have them ask you to do things and just say no. Like, let's do it right now. Ask me to do something. Will you take out the trash? No. Honey? That felt good. <laughs> uh, Will you go for a walk with me at 1030 at night? No. Will you give me a three-hour foot massage? No. Okay. I'm really proud of you for saying no. And this honestly is just to practice saying no. And, but you'll notice that when you do it, sometimes you feel a lot of anxiety around it. Um, but the reason why it's important is that uh, there's, here's the, I think I have it put it put up here. When one person is in control of another, love cannot grow deeply and fully, and there is no freedom. So if you can't say no to your partner, whether you want to or not, you are giving them control of you, of your desires, of your thoughts, of your emotions. You hand that over to them. You're, let, you're decreasing the power you have over yep. yourself. And then there's no freedom. You can't, you can't grow. You can't connect because you're not an individual. You're just an extension of them. And that is not a relationship. So um, yeah, definitely learn to communicate your boundaries and try practicing no. Does anyone have questions about how to communicate boundaries? If you do, let us know. Yeah. If you do let us know and we'll keep an eye on the comments. Um, Another thing that's important to help you create and maintain boundaries is to one, create space when you, when people don't respect your boundaries and also just create space to be an individual. Uh, I know a lot of people, um, a lot of couples, there's a quote by Henry Cloud. We've referenced him a lot in this lesson, but he says, many couples have trouble with this aspect of marriage. They feel abandoned when their spouse wants time apart. In reality, spouses need time apart which makes them realize the, need to, realize the need to be back together. Spouses in healthy relationships cherish, cherish each other's, cherish each other's <laughs> space and are companions of each other's causes. So I think it's important to realize that like, if you're hurt, it's okay to take space. If somebody has broken your trust, if somebody has, um, if you're just tired and you need to recharge your batteries, it is absolutely okay to request for and take some space. It's okay to take space if you need time to process something that's happened. It's also just okay to take space if you want to go have fun. Like if if you want to have a girls' night. Do you remember the last time you had a girls' night? Yeah. It was a couple weeks ago. We did a social distancing. What did I say when you were going out for a girls' night? I I don't know, honey. I don't remember. I, okay. I remember. <laughs> I think you need to just tell me. Yeah. I, I was stoked. Like, uh -huh. you're all, hey, I'm going for a girls' night. I'm like, great. Go have fun come back whenever right. no expectations yes, i got that. like i try and encourage angeline to take time with her friends whenever she can because it makes her happy when she comes back to see me again like she misses me and it's healthy for her to cultivate outside relationships so creating space 
for positive things and for negative things is really good for establishing boundaries, whether that's physical or emotional space. Yes. And then this last one here. Forgive people when they violate your boundaries. That's that's important. It doesn't mean that you, you that you let them do it over and over and over and over again, but you don't want to hold it over their head either. Because again, this boundary conversation is fluid. It's going to require practice. It's going to take some time. Like again, going back to the Nate leaving for me, it's going to take some time for um that boundary to to get set into stone it's it might get violated a few times before they really get the hang of it and so forgive them and honestly it does more for you to forgive somebody than it really does for the forgiver this is another quote from the book that we keep referencing boundaries which will it's on our resources page which is in the description it's a phenomenal book But it says nothing clarifies boundaries more than forgiveness. To forgive someone means to let them off the hook or to cancel a debt he owes you. When you refuse to forgive someone, you still want something from that person. And even if it's revenge you want, it keeps you tied to him forever. So when you hold that grudge, it really just like does more damage to you than anyone else. And if you're holding something over your partner's head for six years of marriage, that's just not good to do yeah let's talk about some examples of boundaries great we have just a few minutes left let's talk about one that was mentioned in the comments that we talked about we did a podcast episode on this which i highly recommend listening to because jessica's comment yes we talked about what boundaries are versus ultimatums because boundaries and ultimatums are two different things so if you want to listen to that it's on our Mormon marriages podcast. I can't remember what episode it is, but we talked about this um, idea behind a spouse constantly leaving their clothes on the floor. And one complaint we hear a lot from wives specifically, but that doesn't necessarily have to be wives because husbands do laundry too. Nate does laundry all the time, but the idea of clothes, not getting put in a hamper, it's like the hamper is right there and the clothes are everywhere around one of the boundaries that was set did we set this in our i don't think we haven't really had the problem but it's a good example one a boundary around this is i will wash all the clothes that are in the hamper um that's that's a good boundary this is not me saying i'm not washing your clothes anymore it's um, not saying if you don't put your clothes in the hamper, I'm going to throw them away. I'm leaving you a choice. You can put your clothes in the hamper and I'll wash them on laundry day. Or if you don't put them in the hamper, you can wash them. Because a lot of the resentment comes when you're trying to do laundry and you have to go and you have to collect it all over the floor and yep. you're getting angry and you're upset. A boundary here is I will wash what is in the hamper. And then you let go of control. It's like, okay, there's tons of stuff on the floor, but I'm going to I'm going to wash what's in the hamper today. And once again, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable at first. Like you might have a week or two where there's just clothes everywhere uh-huh. and it might drive you a little nuts. But if you hold onto your boundary and you just stick to what you agreed with yourself and you just wash the clothes in the hamper and your partner comes to you one day and goes, hey, uh, I don't have any clean underwear. And you go, oh, did you put them in the did hamper? Did you put them in the hamper? Because the agreement we made is that I would wash the clothes in the hamper. 
he might get angry. He might get frustrated. You might be frustrated with the mess, but if you just stay calm and lean into it and say, Hey honey, I would really love to wash whatever clothes that you have. The condition is that you put them in the hamper. It won't take that long for your partner to figure out like, oh, okay, I'm going to take care of this. Same thing with, um, with garbage, like the taking out the garbage. I've heard a lot of people talk about like, oh, he doesn't take out the garbage. I have to nag him like five or six times to take out the garbage. If you just let the garbage sit there and overflow and start to stink, guess what? He's eventually going to take out the garbage. And he'll realize that you're not going to take care of it for him. You're not going to nag him to do it. But you want to communicate this. Yeah. Just communicate to him. Hey, I just want to let you know your job is we've agreed is to take out the garbage. I'm, I'm not, not going to nag you about it. I'm just it. not going to. It's not fun for me to be the nag. It's not for, fun for me to harp on you. It's not fun for me to do it for you. So I'm just going to, I'm going to let go of that. And I'm just going to let you be a responsible adult and take it out when you feel like it needs to be taken out. And yeah, your kitchen might stink a little bit. Yeah, you might have some trash overflowing from the garbage can, but once he gets it into his head, like, oh yeah, it's my job, he'll follow through. Right. What are some other examples? Um, let's flip the script here okay. and uh, do maybe an example for um, for the more more of a traditional setting a boundary with a wife. Um, what do you think is a good example here? Well, the late one is the one that's coming to my mind right now. Is that because that's our marriage, what we yeah. experience the most? Or here's one. Um, like if you want to go to bed at a certain time, but. Um, oh, this is a great one. Yeah. You it talk was, about this because this is with Maggie. With I think this is with Maggie. Yeah. So my friend Maggie Reyes is an amazing marriage coach and she likes to go to bed at like, I don't know, 1030. And her husband likes to stay up late and play video games, but she wants to go to bed with him. And she was starting to feel kind of a little frustrated and resentful that she'd be in bed and he'd be out in the living room playing video games. And so they created an agreement. They created a boundary. And she said, I would love it if you would get in your pajamas and cuddle with me in bed for 20 minutes. And after we cuddle for 20 minutes and I'm like cozy and drifting off to bed, I don't care what you do. Like, go ahead and go play games as long as you want, as long as it's not affecting how you show up in our relationship. And they created this agreement and it worked. And mm -hmm. she was getting her late night cuddles and getting to have like a conversation with him before they went to bed. And they had a great little nighttime routine. And he was still getting an opportunity to unwind and play his video games and connect with his buddies or, or whatever and pursue his hobby. And um, it was like a really great agreement that let both people get what they wanted. Um, so that's another great example of how you can create create boundaries. So maybe you have a, a husband who, or a partner who's spending too much time on their phone or playing video games or on the computer. How can you create agreements or boundaries around protecting what's important to you? Like maybe it's, Hey, dinner time is no screen time. I don't care if you like unwind and play some games or you hang out on social media, um, maybe like during the day, or if you do it late at night when we're not having family time, but during dinner time, like screens off, phones off, I don't want you like sitting in front of the TV and playing video games or scrolling social media on your phone. Just not the appropriate time for that. Great boundary to set. Great mm -hmm. boundary to set. That is a good boundary to set. Or like you said one, when you asked one from me um, just in sacrament meeting, you like, you asked me not to be on my phone during the sacrament. Oh yeah. Cause there were times where I was just kind of like, Checked out. Yeah, checked out and just like scrolling through social media. And, and just it would bored. be really distracting to me because I would be trying to pay attention 
or trying to have a spiritual moment. And I would just see in the corner of my eye, the scroll, 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 <laughs> scroll. So she'd say, Hey, you, you do what you, you do, you, you do whatever you need to do. But just during the sacrament specifically, I yep. would love it if you had put your phone away. And it worked. Yeah. For the most part. So again, identify areas in your relationships, whether you're married or not, where you are finding yourself getting really frustrated, really upset, really angry, and then think, okay, what is a boundary I can set here that would, that would help ease the situation yep. a little bit. And to identify the boundary, think what is the thing, what is the thing that's being taken advantage of or the thing that's being used or the thing that's being violated that is important to me? Um, mm -hmm. Like this is preventing me from connecting with my family. This is preventing me from recharging my batteries. Like I've seen a lot of women lately complaining that their husbands aren't helping with the homeschooling because they have kids at home and moms are taking care of the household and working and trying to educate the kids and dads are not helping. Um, I've seen a couple of people say this and it's like, great, this is an opportunity for you to create a boundary around self-care and say, Hey, I can't do all these things. I need you on these certain times of the, on these days to take care of these things. So I can go connect with my friends or go for a walk or go or hit the gym or take or... a mobile bath or do whatever you need to recharge your batteries. So do what is required to protect the things that are most important to you. And really setting these boundaries. I don't want it to come across as selfish. I know that there's a lot of people out there going to think, well, it's going to nope. be selfish of me to do this. <clears throat> it honestly is a gift to your partner because you're setting them up for success. You're handing them a gift on a platter by saying, here, here's how you can make me happy. Here's how, well, here's how they're not responsible for your here's, happiness. Well, but. here's what you will do. Here's what you could do to make our relationship work. Right. Because an unworkable relationship is an unfulfilling relationship and an unhappy relationship. But if you are, if you think about that, what we talked about at the very beginning, the game of football, if you're giving, if you are playing by the rules and you're letting your partner clearly know what the rules are, it makes the game fun and it keeps people from getting hurt. Mm -hmm. But if you are keeping these, if you're not setting boundaries, if you're not being clear and communicating what you need and what is going to help you show up as your best self in your relationship, it's going to cause the game of love to totally implode on itself. It'll become unworkable. It'll become chaotic. You'll get hurt and it won't be enjoyable. Yep. So... So next time you think you're having an issue with communications, think, okay, what boundary? Especially if it's attached am, to a negative emotion here? of resentment, right. anger, frustration. What boundary can I set here that would that would help ease this? And if you're single and you're dating, great conversations to have around yes. boundaries. Start right Absolutely. into it. What are the what are some of the boundaries that you need to set? Maybe it's around going to bed at night. Maybe it's around your physical body, like what's okay to touch and what's not okay to touch. Um, maybe it's around uh, the time that you spend together. Maybe it's around how quickly you introduce them to your family. Maybe maybe they are super radio silent and getting back to your texts or getting back to your phone calls. Mm -hmm. And that's starting to create a lot of frustration. Set a boundary. Set a boundary there. Hey, I just want to let you know that this is in order for this relationship to work. This is what I need. Right. This is how I, I how I expect to be treated. You can choose to treat me like that or to not treat me like that. If you choose the latter, there's probably going to be a consequence. What conversations are appropriate to talk to your friends about, about the yep. relationship? That's a really good boundary to set. So many good examples. Yeah. You're the greatest.
Thanks, honey. Okay, guys, that's our lesson for today. Um, we're going to hang around, as always, to answer any questions that y'all have. We'll keep an eye on the comments here. Um, thanks for tuning in. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Yes, happy Mother's Day. And happy thank Mother's you, Day to Melissa. your moms Melissa and to says you. Happy Mother's Day to me. Thank you. Ooh, Melissa it's and really Jake. Sweet. Yes, they did. There's Melissa. There's Jake. Thanks, guys. Yes, thank you. Why would you smell it? We already want, talked about that. I know. I just want to say that should be the title of my next mixtape. My first mixtape. <laughs> Why would you smell it? If I record an album, I'm going to call the album Why Would You Smell It? There you go. It works on so many levels. Okay. Did my breath stink today? No. I just... Okay. Do, do I lean away? Because you yeah. told me today that you didn't want me to keep leaning in because it makes the shot look funny. It does. If I'm like sitting up and you're leaning over, look. I just like to be close to you. I know. All right. Let's see. I don't see any questions. I don't see any questions coming in either. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. And again, if you have any um, questions or any ideas for what topic you would like us to talk about, shoot us a message. Let us know. We love talk, answering your questions. We might even just do a whole episode on Q&A. That'd yeah, be fun. That would be a fun episode. Um, what else? Share. If you enjoyed this, share it with friends, family members. It's on YouTube and on Facebook. Tag them in the comments or send them a link. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, bye. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, come check us out over at the Growth Marriage Podcast. Angeline and I are continuing to have some of these really interesting and complicated conversations with amazing people over on that show. And two podcasts was just too much for us to handle. So we decided we would consolidate all of our effort and attention into one. We hope we get to continue our relationship with you over there. And we hope you enjoy all the content that we've been working on while we haven't been posting here on the Mormon Marriages podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.